Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Go follow us on Twitter at the Circuitverse, at Rev Almanac, and go follow Grant's stuff at Best Picture Cast, at Worst Picture Cast, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Streaming Circuit, the podcast that is sending you to other podcasts in a gesture of good faith. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by Grant. What's up, man? It's cold. A man's got to do something to keep warm. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so happy to talk about this movie. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. I think this is coming out on Christmas Eve, so we're... uh, Oh, there you go. Yeah, we're nestled watching Christmas movies right now uh, and just waiting for morning. Snuggled up in the light of the Christmas tree. Mm. Watching the Santa Claus 2. Last minute wrapping. (laughs) Not watching Santa Claus 2. (laughs) Watching something else. Uh, Maybe you're watching Miracle on 34th Street, which is what we're here to talk about tonight. The winner of Christmas Movie Madness. Yes, sir. Um, so before we get into it, I always like to go over the path that a movie took to winning. Okay. So, and I want yeah. you to tell me when it was the closest to losing. So what round you had it, you were the closest to picking against it. Okay. So we had, it beat Scrooged in the first round. Yeah. Fairly easy. Yeah. Yeah. It beat the, uh, much to my chagrin, the very controversial Christmas next door win in the second round. <laughs> that was not close. Uh, knocking out my beloved Santa Claus too. Yeah, uh, you know. It beat Christmas Vacation in the Elite Eight. That was tough. And then in the final four, it beat Home Alone. Another very, very those are two those are two of my, my favorite Christmas movies. So very tough. Mm. And then the final, it beat the little plucky upstart that could jingle all the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, I I'm still so happy that. It broke down the way it did, uh, with Jingle All the Way. I, I it's just a lot of fun. And I was I was telling after we recorded the episode, I was like, You guys I can't wait to see to hear your guys' reaction on <laughs> how this how this went down. I'm sure I'm sure it upset a lot of people and I'm sorry if it did. Um I was just having a lot of fun. And then it was it was just picking picking Jingle All the Way over It's a Wonderful Life was too good. <laughs> of a joke to pass up. I just had to do it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, listen, is jingle all the way a good movie? No. Do I love it? Yes. I love yeah. it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, great. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I fully supported the decision. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah. I you think were, it's you fantastic. Were, you were like really egging me on to do it. It was, it was pretty great. I was. I would have been fine if it had won. I would have been totally fine. It's uh, it's an awesome movie. It's an awesome Christmas movie. I love it. Uh, that 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 movie actually be a lot of fun to break down. Also, I it mean would. that's a that's an absurd that's an absurd movie. Yeah, yeah, we we could eat Christmas cookies with the with the dad with the other dad. Oh know, yeah, with Phil Hardman. Be... <laughs> yeah, that's great. Punch a ranger in the face. Uh, um, I think some might accuse you of uh, getting a little Macy's Santa Claus going on for that brackets. You know, a little uh little sauced up maybe some people might accuse you i don't know i mean i was <laughs> I, I you know for, for for best picture cast and worst picture cast i usually i have a i have a beer or two maybe i'll have a cocktail uh, i was stone cold sober during this right. during this episode and uh i'm stone cold sober this one too so i'm keeping it straight edge for christmas nice well no one would judge you a man's got to do what a man's got to do to get through the brackets you know that's true 
All right. So before we head into our draft, why don't you talk about your relationship to this film? I'm assuming you like it since you picked it. Um, so what is your relationship to it? <laughs> I, I love this movie. It's a movie that my parents always watched and my grandparents watched. So when I was younger, it was just, it was always on around Christmas season. It was kind of on the peripheral, but as a child, I had no interest in a, in an old black and white movie. Um, I was watching movies like Home Alone and, you know, Christmas Vacation, things like that. And I just had no interest in this old movie. It wasn't until I got older, maybe high school, when I first watched it and fell in love with it. I think it's such a great Christmas movie. It, it's warm and it's, it's just like a nice fleece blanket to me. It's just like a nice comfort movie. And it's it never it never fails to get me interested and get me involved. So yeah, it's 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 one of those movies that is just there's never a bad time for it in the Christmas season. Uh, much like you, uh, when I was a kid, I did not enjoy it very much. Um, yeah, classic Adam movie, a silent black and white film, as I call it. Anything before 1970, just <laughs> silent, just silent was, black and white. It is a talkie, yeah. <laughs> But I will say, because I haven't watched this movie in probably like close to 20 years before oh, firing, wow. firing this up. I liked it better than I remembered. I I remembered not liking it at all. And I was like, oh, man, like I might struggle to talk about this. I liked it a lot more than I remembered. So that's great. I love to hear that. Yeah, that was good. I It's a unique Christmas movie. And I think that's something I, I liked about it is it's it's very different than the typical traditional Christmas movies you see. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely a uh, an interesting, uh, interesting twist on it. Hmm. You know, usually when you, when we think of Christmas movies involving Santa, it's like it's Christmas Eve and Santa's in trouble and he needs to, you know, get you know he needs to escape with the elves and you know run around. It's a lot. It's a little more action packed. This is a very, it's it's a very, I don't know. It's it's a it's like I don't want to say calmer, but it's it's kind of like a drama. Like a there's a drama and about a a, mm. a couple trying to make things work, and they have different different ideologies on being in a relationship and what to think of and how to view the world. And you just throw, can you kind of throw the Santa thing in the middle and it's like, it's anti-corporate and you know, <laughs> it's just, some, it's, it's a really, it's some really good messages in this movie. And yeah, it, it's just, yeah, it is something that you just really don't see in too many Christmas movies. No, you don't get too many courtroom dramas. In a, no, in a... <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. And he's way too good for her, by the way. I'm sure we'll get into it at some point, but God, why is he with her? Leave her. Oh, I don't I don't want you besmirching Maureen O'Hara. Not to me, my friend. I mean, not she's cute, me. but some of the things she says is just like, oh. Well, listen, she's listen, she she's she probably went through a really she went through she went to a, a through a divorce after she just had a baby. Like that can't be easy. That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. That's easy. It's listen. My my kids are my my. I have a I have a six year old. She believes in Santa. We have an elf on the shelf and all that stuff. And we were we will ride this as long as we can. But yeah, I mean, do, do I think it's cool that you're teaching your kid to not believe in Santa? No, I feel like it's. I feel <laughs> like it should be. Uh, I I feel like what there's so there's so little things in this world that are magical. Mm. Like just let them have something before they realize how terrible the world is. 
yeah something they can hang their hat on but yeah no i mean she's she's been she's been through a lot it's uh it's, i think it's easy for her to fall in that trap but we can okay. talk about that we can talk about that later i'm sorry we kind of jumped that's together fair. a little bit on that one no worries that's fair all right let's jump in we're doing the 10 things draft here we're each going to pick Ooh. five points uh how's your how's your war room right now you got uh, the papers everywhere you got people scrambling around what's going on <laughs> i i have i have one paper i'm, I'm much i'm much <laughs> less a uh i'm more of a free i'm more of a free form guy I, I have bullet points things like that i have 10 point i have 10 points i i would uh on my list okay cool i, I did i did that. i prepared in case you and i overlapped so I have like my first five ranked. I've I've, I've like a tier system, and uh, yeah, no, this isn't this isn't looking like uh, this isn't looking like the, the Patriots war room or anything like that. It's just kind of oh, a, Jesus. It's kind of just a, uh, a it's a single sheet of paper uh, with some with the ten things listed. The uh, the Patriots, yeah, they're ugh, people up here are not doing well. Oh, I listen. I get it. This well, it listen. I mean, fuck them. This is a. I mean, <laughs> I agree. Like, listen, you've you've had it so good for so long. You deserve this. So, I don't feel bad for for them at all, at all. Oh, I don't either. I'll let you go first. What is your first pick? So my first my first talking point is the scene with the Dutch girl never fails to pull at my heartstrings. Hmm. That is that to me is the. Best scene of the movie. It's one of my favorite scenes in any Christmas movie. On the surface, it's really beautiful and, and endearing. And then if you peel away some layers and kind of do some research into history, it's even more emotional. Uh, I, I, I think it's a I think it's a beautiful scene. What kind of research did you do for it? Well, if, if you look at the um, the time period. So this movie takes place in 1947, which is just after World War II. This girl grew up in a Dutch-speaking country, and you're kind of led to believe that she was displaced by war. The town's destroyed. Her parents, her parents and family are probably dead. And she came to America to an orphanage, and then she found this woman to to take her in. And this is probably like her first Christmas since all mm. of this happened and mm. she sees a Santa Claus and he ends up speaking her language. And it's the most, it's the most beautiful thing to think about when you think about how, what this girl went through. And like, when she tells Santa in her language, I like, I don't need anything because I got adopted by this nice lady. Like, that's all I wanted. Like if it's, if you translate what she says, like that's, that's basically what it was. And then they start singing, and it's just very emotional. And so it doesn't always get me, but sometimes it gets me. Yeah, that's a great scene. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, because he didn't, you know. Well, I mean, obviously he can do it because he's because you know he's got like magic and stuff, so he like can speak Dutch. Um, but you know, most regular Santas couldn't do that, and and they wouldn't even probably entertain it. They'd just be like, "Oh, sorry, like move along." Um, yeah, most yeah. I think if you go to any random mall, I don't think they're speaking. I don't think they're speaking Dutch. Maybe no. they would speak. Maybe they could speak Spanish. Maybe something like that. Dutch, you know, that's not that's not something that you you learn in high school. No, it is not. No. Yeah. Um, so that is really it is a really sweet moment. And you know, what some advice that I got from a a great mentor of mine when I was younger 
is always, you know, if someone comes up and talks to you or, or, or is excited about something, always take the time to listen and talk back because you yeah. don't know if you're the only person that will listen to them. You know, maybe okay. at home, no one wants to listen to them. Their parents don't care about what they have to say um, or something like that. So that, that kind of reminds me of that, that scene of like, sh- you're probably the only person she's going to talk to in Dutch. Yeah. So take the time and 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 do it because you have no idea. It's it might be a little insignificant for you or um, inconvenient yeah. for you, but for her it could mean everything. And I think that's yeah, a great thing for, sure. for that. Yeah. That's a great message. And then he forgets about her on Christmas morning. He doesn't bring her a present. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> well, I mean, well, 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 we can we can get in, we can get into that. I'll, I'll probably bring up that that is one of my talking points. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. sweet. Yeah. Um, all right. What what's what's yours? What's your first one? All right, so my first pick, product placement. Holy cannoli. (laughs) Yeah. How much did Macy's pay for this movie to be made? I I mean, how many times has Macy's said in this movie? I lost count. I don't even know. I mean, there was was a big bidding war, I believe, between Macy's and Gimbal's. So who would be, because Gimbal's at the time was a fierce competitor of uh, Macy's. They're both in the same. Gimbal's has since gone belly up. I think in the early '80s, I think they closed their their stores for good. But huh. I I believe that there was a like a bidding war to see who would be the the department store to get it. And it kind of it makes you wonder like if it went the other way, would Macy's have been out, and would Gimbal's be like the store? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that, uh, and I, I, I like I've heard of Gimbals, but I don't really know anything about it. Um, yeah, I mean, most people would know Gimbals because of Elf. Like that's oh, okay. the that's the store that they the department store that that Buddy works in, or you know he did work in, and oh. and that was obviously a nod to Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. But yeah, I mean, I knew my, my my grandparents grew up in the city. They grew up in the Bronx, and they would say. Yeah, like Gimbal's was a was a big deal when we were younger. Like they would go to Gimbal's and they would go shopping. So like I got the whole backstory of you know of that stuff when I was you know when I was a kid. Mm, interesting. So, well, knowing that now because I wasn't really paying attention to it when the, when I was watching the movie, is that where he sends that lady for the toy? Does he send her to Gimbal's or or a different? No, story? I think I think he sent. <laughs> I think he sent her just like to a random store. Oh, okay. Right. And then he was telling another customer about something at Gimbal's, like ice skates or something like that. Oh, okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. But yeah, it was, it's quite jarring. They said, I mean, Macy's is just, this is just a giant commercial for Macy's. It's, uh, yeah. Which, oh my which God. is funny. Yeah. It, it's like those, it's like Adam Sandler movies where like everything is, the whole thing is just like, oh, we'll just stay at like, you know, this resort in, in Hawaii. And like, that will be like, basically that'll pay for the movie. It's just kind of like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought that was funny. I enjoyed that. What do you think? Is it Target? Like, if this if they remade Miracle on 34th Street today, is it Target? Do you think they go Target, back to Macy's Target, or Target versus Walmart? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hot Topic, maybe? Ooh, maybe Spencer's. <laughs> yeah, some strap ons and Santa's peddling. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> he's, not giving, he's not giving that out. Everyone's on the naughty list. Hey, oh. Yeah, I feel like Target would be that would probably be the store today. Although I mean Macy's probably has like some IP deal with it. They're like, 
You can never make a miracle. Although they did remake yeah. this movie, right? They, they did in the 90s. And I believe they still use Macy's. I, I, I don't think I've seen that. I don't think I've seen the remake from start to finish. I don't think I've ever seen it. I think I was just I was just morally opposed to it when I was ready to like because it came out when I was like in middle, you know, when I was like in grade school, mm. and like I, I didn't give a shit. And then by the time I'd be interested in watching it, I'm like, no, it's only the it's only the original I want to watch. That's it. That's fair. In black and white mm. and silent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any movie before 1970 just silent and black and white. <laughs> silent, silent, black and white, Nickelodeon. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, all right. That was my first pick. What is on the clock for you? My second thing is you can tell right away that Natalie Wood was going to be a star. I think, I think Natalie Wood in terms of, uh, cause little kid acting, especially back in the forties is real dicey. Today it's We've seen, dicey. I've, yeah, I've yeah. seen, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of movies now in this time frame with an involved kid acting and a lot of it is pretty bad. So, like, she stands out head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of her acting ability and her charm and her charisma. And it's no wonder that she had, a, you know, a really good career. Mm. Yeah, it's hard for kids to not just, like, go way over the top with everything they say because they just don't know like, yeah, or how just... to control it. Yeah, or just just feel unnatural, yeah, and just like not being convincing. But like, she was really convincing as a kid that was just way too old for her age. Hmm. You know, she was just very matter of fact and pragmatic. But then she was also like doing a really good job pretending to be a monkey and kind of learning how to let loose for the first time in her life. I think she just played both of those sides very well. Yeah, I do too. I really like the scene like towards the end when she's talking to the mom about what's going on with Santa and she's like, I'm going to write him a letter. And yeah. And, and the mom is, is now on board with Santa. She's seen the light. She understands, you know, yeah. and, uh, and I think that's a great scene of hers. That's probably my favorite scene of hers in the movie. That's a great one. And, and I, I, I do love the scene where uh, the, uh, the, the, did I ask all right scene where, you know, they're, they're kind of, beating around the bush of inviting him to the to Thanksgiving. And then she kind of spills the beans about like, Oh, this is all an elaborate ruse mm. for, for Fred to come over for, a, for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah. So was, I thought it was just very, very cute. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. She was great in the movie. Yeah. Definitely a more likable character than the mother. Tell you what. Oof. Oh boy. Tough beat. <laughs> Listen, she loves, she grew as a character. That's true. Good character development. Yeah. That's that's yeah, fair. Come on, come that's, on now. That's fair. Not like the guy in Cimarron, right? Oh, uh, Yancey. We're not, <laughs> yes, Yancey. <laughs> yeah, Yancey Cravat, who was the maybe the biggest piece of garbage I've ever seen on film. Yeah. A name like Yancey, you know, just Yancey's, you're asking. Yeah, for it. it's yeah. I, I I don't know too many too many Yanceys, but no. this guy does not do a good job for people named Yancey. That's for sure. No, he's a real RDB no. type. You know, uh, no, he's he's worse than RDB. <laughs> RDB wouldn't RDB wouldn't abandon his family to to go for a new territory. If so. you say so. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of family, here's my second pick. Uh, this is as a parent. You know, as you're as a parent, yes. what would you do in this situation? Like, would you entertain this delusion 
on the off chance we're actually living out the plot of a Christmas movie and we just don't know it. Like if you had this Santa Claus figure in your life and he was just yeah. convinced that he was Santa, how like would you put up with it for even a second? Like what would you do as a <sighs> I don't know. I probably <laughs> honestly, if I ran into a man that knew he was Santa, that like he was Santa and you couldn't change his mind, I would not want my kids spending too much time with him. That's fair. I, I think I honestly I feel like that's what <laughs> that's what I would do. I honestly I would not feel comfortable. Uh, it's like like okay yeah like no way in fucking hell are you tucking my daughter in without me in the room, and I, you're not allowed in my my kid's bedroom anyway. Like that's not <laughs> happening. You're a grown ass man. Stand in my kid's room. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a tough one because like, I mean, listen, it's because it, it, he's harmless enough, and I I wouldn't care if I kind of knew him peripherally. Like, say if it was like a neighbor, right? If you lived on my block, I'd be like, first of all, why aren't you in the North Pole, like all the time making toys? It's a fair point. <clears throat> and I don't know, like, I I would I would allow my kid to have a you know. A, interaction with him and if he was and if she believed it too i don't want to quell that either mm. like I, I don't want to i don't want to put an end to that i don't want to stop that so yeah no it's it's a it's a tough call but there will be <laughs> there will be firm boundaries set <laughs> firm boundaries set i think that's fair yeah. um i'm not a parent but i think i could probably second that yeah i i give her a lot of shit because i don't particularly like her character the mother for most of the movie but she mm-hmm. is in a tough spot. Like, I don't agree with her, you know, kind of teaching her daughter that Santa isn't real. Cause she does that even before he really comes into the picture with them. Yeah, that was, that's been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't agree with her doing that, but I also think she's in a tricky spot of like, I don't want to entertain this man's delusions, you know? So it would be tricky if she was trying to keep the, the magic for the daughter while also dealing with this. That's a very tricky yeah. spot. I guess she's not in as tricky of a spot when she's trying to ruin her daughter's childhood while also dealing with this. I guess that's <laughs> it's also it's also one of those things where a parent can teach their kids essentially whatever they want as long as it's not like as, as long as it's not rhetoric that can hurt somebody, right? And I will I Fred Gailey's really overstepping the line here with mm. like trying with interfering with his mother's uh, interfering with her mother's wishes that's mm. also that that's also part of this too where they're where he's like no yeah like he's just meeting santa it's she's like what's what she's <laughs> just meeting santa it's not a big deal she's like yeah but like it's it's not cool still you're kind of <laughs> you know kind of going going against what i <laughs> you know what i'm i'm teaching my daughter which i don't agree with personally but mm. Yeah, it's, it's, her, it's her decision. That's fair. Who's crazier? The guy who thinks he's Santa Claus or the guy who's helping the guy who thinks he's Santa Claus? Yeah. Who's, yeah. Who's the, the guy who's crazy or the guy that crazy, the, the one that follows them? Yeah. 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 It's a good, it's a, it's a good question there. I don't know. I'll be the one that thinks he's Santa. If I had to guess. That's probably fair. I, I would say, I would say the one that thinks he's Santa is probably crazier. <laughs> That's fair, but it's close though. Like it's close. It is. It is close. It is close. <laughs> uh, all right, you're on the clock. What do you have for your third pick? Edmund Gwynn was very deserving of that Oscar. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. That's a good pick. I like that. 
Yeah, so Edmund Gwynn uh, played Santa, won for best supporting actor um, in in these in this in that year's Oscars. Um, really well deserved win. Uh, I, I think he played the role really well, and he kind of brought brought life to a character that I feel like is. I feel like at that time too was a really tall order, and made Santa feel like a grounded, like like a, a grounded and realistic character. And he was very sweet, but very, very sweet, very conscientious, but also was very quick to stand up to people that were, you know, assholes. I'll just put it put a plain yeah. Yeah. So I I think he he played played all that stuff very well, and was still very very charming. Yeah, he brought a a nice humanity to to Santa. Yeah. You know, we think of him as a magical figure, but um, really brought out the human element of him. Yeah, exactly. And I don't really know at that period in time how Santa Claus was largely portrayed, like in terms of film and things like that. I don't really know what people have seen of Santa Claus. Like, I, you know, everyone, like, I don't think they invent, reinvented his look or anything, but just in terms of pop culture and how people knew Santa, I feel like this must've been a pretty groundbreaking role, really. Yeah. I'd have to imagine this is one of the earlier interpretations of Santa in a film. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine there were too many more. And I mean, but they kind of did reinvent his look. I mean, you know, the standard Santa look, you know, big guy, long white beard, got the you yeah. know, everything. He he doesn't really look like that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's it's like it's it's one of those things where it's a little bit more a little bit more grounded. Is uh is he your Santa Claus? If you when you close your eyes and picture Santa in a movie or on screen, is that who you picture? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, nice. definitely. Yeah. Yours is Tim Allen? Oh yeah, it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Your is yours is yours Tim Allen or is it like Tim Allen as like the toy soldier? That's a good one. I like him. You don't say the word plastic. Avoid the word plastic. <laughs> um yeah, Tim Allen, uh, he is definitely my Santa Claus. He will always be my Santa Claus. I just okay. finished uh, season 2 of the show the other day. God, that's not a good show, but I enjoy it. I have fun with it. I have no interest in watching that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, even even like the Santa Claus is not high on our rotation, really. In terms of holiday movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. I just I uh, love it. So he's my Santa, okay. but this Santa is very good too. Tim Allen certainly didn't win an Oscar, so no. And also, <laughs> movies movies like this did not movies like like that don't win Oscars anymore. No, it's easier when there's like four movies a year. Yeah, well, it's like fun, <laughs> like lighthearted movies. I feel like the year before or two years before was going my way which is a very light-hearted saccharine movie mm. uh starring like it was a Bing crosby vehicle it's a movie that we've talked about this on best picture cast i'm not that high on but joey and kieran and Artie love it mm. and but it's just a very it's a very sweet movie but it's, it's a movie like that just would not win anything today either no, no. so yeah it's, it's just yeah it's just a different different time back then that was a good pick, though. He was great. All right. My third pick. It's a question here. And mm-hmm. hopefully I didn't miss it during the movie and they explained it. I hope they didn't because uh, I definitely didn't catch it if they did. Uh, what What's going on with the North Pole here? Who's watching the elves? What are we doing? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And it, 
I feel like that point leads into my other point, my my fourth point. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's just meld them together then. Let's just yeah. work in symbiosis here. I don't think he's Santa Claus. Whoa. I love I don't the hot take. I love it. I don't I don't think he's really Santa Claus. Interesting. Well, he doesn't use magic, which I find interesting. He could have probably easily proven his case if he did. He, he lives at an old folks home in Great Neck. Like what what is he do like what is he doing? He's not making <laughs> he's not making these toys. Like, you know, uh Maureen O'Hara has been getting her daughter all these presents for so long without Santa doing anything about it. We we touched on this we touched on this in the uh in the bracket in the bracket episode. Mm. And like after the like during the trial where the prosecuting attorney's son walked up to Santa and said, remember, I want a real football helmet. And then the trial ends, and the father says, I have to go get that football helmet. Like, because Santa's not going to get it, because guess what? Mm. Santa's not, he's not really Santa. All he did was, unless it's a version of Santa that is just not one that we're accustomed to, where he's not the going around, you know, not this magical force, right? But more like a a mascot of the Christmas spirit. Maybe he's more that mm. where he will, where he, he kind of brings joy and he brings, he brings attention to certain details about what Christmas is all about. And he kind of, kind of helps put away the commercialism and has people focus on what's important. Maybe in that sense, he's Santa Claus, but the I know I know on his card he said he had these reindeer as his next of kin, but like, <laughs> where are they? You know what I mean? Like they're not. Listen, I, I Great Neck, Long Island. Great Neck is not far from where I live. It's like a half hour away. It's on like the Long Island Queens border, so it's very built up. It's very urban, and there's no place for reindeer. <laughs> there's no there's no stable nearby where you can just like have you know your your eight tiny reindeer uh, mm. set up so i i think that you know yeah they showed the cane at the end which i think is his cane yeah. i think it's chris kringle's cane only because he went there like santa's not going to give somebody a house i think what he did was just like he read the newspaper for the real estate thing and he kind of found this he found the exact house i guess that is uh that was that susie was asking for but and I think he kind of put the cane in there, right? To like show him, like, oh yeah, hey, this is the house. But like, if it was magical, did like Santa have these people move out of the house? Like, I don't know, like how deep that goes. Did he like <laughs> pretend like like he like he created some kind of like horrible mold problem and they had to leave the house or something like that, or uh, made it seem like it was haunted? So I don't know. Uh, so. I love this. And and two scenes come to mind that we're missing from this movie. The first scene is where he in you know in he goes full inception and just puts the idea of the house in the girl's head and then she thinks it's her idea. And so he already oh. knows the house he's going to get her and he just plants it in her head so he know so he can look like he's Santa. And then the second scene we're missing is the stepbrother scene where he's getting the people out of the house. He's you know jumping out of graves. He's, he's, <laughs> he's yeah, he's yeah. 
Um, he's dressed up. He's dressed up as a clansman, like trimming yeah. the hedges on the night. You know, the neighbor stuff. Um, uh. It's yeah. I mean, I do think that at the very most, at the very most, he is Santa Claus, but in the way that he is just the embodiment of Christmas spirit, not in a guy that travels the whole world in a single night dropping presents down a chimney. I don't think it's that. I don't think it can be. I think there's too much prep that has to go into that. I mean, this is, you know, in December, we got to, this is go time, man. It just makes, it just makes no, like what time, I mean, when he was leaving the trial, it was like around dinner time. So what is that like? Five, five thirty, right? And he has to go up to the North Pole, get all this shit together. Like what, like it's either that or he's terrible at his job and he, he, he lets everyone else do all the like heavy lifting for him. Could be. Yeah, I mean, the head elf is probably at the North Pole watching this, like, Jesus Christ, he's on he's trial? Like, Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's like, I'm not getting paid <laughs> enough for this. Yeah, he's like he's like shoving, like, you know, <laughs> jack-in-the-boxes in a bag. He's like, this is... You need to strike. This is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Elves labor union strike. I love it. That's the movie. That is the That's movie. That's the movie. Elves wanting... Or Santa's the villain. <laughs> he's like a... <laughs> he's like a... <laughs> hard nose boss and all the elves need to like band together to get like better working conditions fantastic oh this goes this goes along with our our pitch of that everyone knows santa's real yeah and then on christmas morning there's no presents and all the parents are just pissed and they're like what the fuck is going on in this in this (laughs) yeah in this world santa's real and everyone knows it Mm. because that that's that's something that drives both of us nuts we're like like Santa's real, but all of these adults are still getting their kids presents, and there's no extra like it just it just doesn't make any sense for Santa to both exist and parents to know that he doesn't exist. Yeah, those are just two conflicting ideas. So yeah, like so in this world, Santa's real, everyone knows it, and then the inciting incident is that an elf gets trampled by. One of the reindeer, let's say dancer, and fantastic, and and that and that's what causes the elves to unionize for better working conditions and better pay, because there's <laughs> no hazard pay in the North Pole or anything yeah. like that. They needed some kind of there's no OSHA, there's no conditions to be met because it's like all mm. kind of off the books. And this is the movie. <laughs> this is what it needs to be. Some like white collar, red tape kind of thing. This is right, um, written uh, written by Aaron Sorkin. Oh my God, wow. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg is Santa Claus, and just—that's interesting. That's and just interesting. Justin Timberlake is a head elf. As the, no, he's dancer. He's the, he's the reindeer. Oh, this is fantastic. We gotta we gotta shut the pod off right now. We gotta stop recording. We gotta write this. I'm gonna I'm gonna make make a draft. Just, oh, that's great. Um, what a theory! What a theory! You just dropping on me out of nowhere. I love it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just think. The more I watch it, the more I'm like, no, he's not the Santa that we know. That's for sure. Yeah. He could be Santa, but like what he does now, because everything has gone so commercialized, all he does is like kind of keep tabs in the toy market and he's kind of goes from place to place, kind of facilitating things. Yeah. Just insider yeah. trading for, for toys. Well, not, not, <laughs> not even that sinister, not even that cynical. Just like he kind of knows the score and. He wherever he goes, he tries to help people find 
that missing Christmas spirit that they've that they've let go of for whatever reason. Mm. That's what he's, I think. He's like the uh, he's the Dwight Schrute of Macy's Santa Clauses, except he's a little more, just slightly more normal, just slightly, slightly more normal. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, that was that was fantastic. That was great. So that was your fourth pick, right? That was four. All right, holding the best for fourth. Holy moly, I love it. Well, you know what? You're, I was going to do that for five, but your your point about the logistics of the mm. deer, reindeer and elves, that, that just was too perfect of a lead-in. True. So I, yeah. I jumped out of the spot. I worry about what's going on. If 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 he is the Santa Claus we know, what are the elves doing for just months Pandem- on end? No supervision. Just, just Pandemonium. Pandemonium. It's yeah. it's like the scene in Fred Claus when, when all of them are dancing. And he's, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's just, just that for months. Good. They're just having like Christmas cookies and eggnog and just just living the dream. Yeah, yeah. Getting, nothing, spiked, nothing's getting done. Spiked eggnog just getting rocked every night. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> no, great. just every everything's a mess. Uh, all right, so my fourth pick, I'm gonna talk. I want to talk about the courts, the court scenes. Okay, I, I think they're surprisingly good, um, and I, to me, they're the most interesting part of the movie. I really enjoy them. And okay. a, a line I love in particular is, I forget who says it, but he says, can you provide any proof there isn't a Santa Claus? And the prosecution goes, no, and I do not intend to, which I think yeah. is the best line from a prosecutor ever. <laughs> it's actually for like courtrooms, like courtroom dramas and stuff. Like I'm kind of talking out of my ass here, but I feel like it does a pretty good job of being as realistic as possible. Yeah, I think I think they're really good scenes. And I love the scene where um, Fred Mertz there um, goes in to talk to the judge yeah and, and he, he like basically threatens him and and you know and uh and big balls him and it's like you know you can't do this because it's an election coming and if you want to you know and I, and I think that's great too because i think that's yeah. often how this stuff works too i think it's oh, real especially in especially in in places where judges are voted for and not like that then they have a lot more to lose um i do feel that like chris kringle only got off because a, the judge didn't want to be, like, the judge wanted to save face, so he's like very lenient on everything. And B, the postal workers were just really lazy and just wanted to get rid of a whole bunch of uh, letters. And that's the only reason. It was pure happenstance that that Chris Kringle <laughs> walked free that night. <laughs> that's fair. Can you blame them though? They get so many goddamn letters. Like, I mean, I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, let let the let the courthouse deal with it. That's yeah. That was a lot of letters yeah. that got dumped there. That's a lot. That that's that's such a that's such a great scene too. Mm. That's such a fun. That's such a fun scene. Yeah. Only part I I, I chuckle at is when uh, Mr. Macy's on the stand and they ask him a question every time he like looks up, and we see like what is going on, the, what he's he imagining. Sees, he, he sees the headlines. <laughs> yeah, and then he like that's, comes back. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, he's he's a CEO. That's how he that's how he thinks. He has to think. I know two steps ahead. You know, he's yeah. like, he's like, if I say that I don't believe in Santa Claus, my revenue is going to plummet. <laughs> like everything's going to plummet. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it, it it was interesting. I feel like that's a very accurate way to depict a CEO of a company, where yeah. like it's he does lie under oath because <laughs> it would it would hurt the it would hurt the bottom line if he if he told the truth. Yeah, what a ballsy yeah. CEO though. You know, like sending customers to other stores in hopes that they will appreciate you so much that they'll come back yeah. and, and spend all their money with you. Build, build loyalty. Well, you know what? It was 
it was kind of like market tested though in a way where like mm. unbeknownst to him it was it was done and then it turned out it was such a huge response like if he didn't hear about it or if it got a bad response he wouldn't do it he's like oh he's like I, that was a funny part too where he's like he's like and people will think that we're not here just to make a profit and incidentally we'll make more profit than ever it's just <laughs> It's like you son yeah. of a bitch. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That mom gets so angry when he does that. When he's like telling him that he's gonna get the kid the toy, and she's like, "I told you they don't have it here." And she yeah. just Mises gets so mad. Mises ain't got any. Nobody's got any. No turbo mans. <laughs> That's what I would love to see. Was would be like Arnold Schwarzenegger seeing Edmund Gwynn on uh, like at the mall, That'd and you're like, he's like, all I need now. I just need you to get the Turbo Man. He's like, oh, well, Gimbal's has a Turbo Man. He's like, they have four in stock. If you go now, you could. And she like runs away. Goes, That's it. I would, yeah, that, I, I, a Miracle on 34th Street slash Jingle All the Way crossover event. That's what that's what we need. There it is. We have two More projects now in the works. Look at that. We're going <laughs> to open a studio. Back to back Christmas movies. <laughs> we only do Christmas movies. It's fantastic. You do have such a good Arnold impression. Oh my god! Uh, thank you. You've it's great. It's been yeah. It's 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 that's been in the works for years. That's been in my repertoire. Oh well, who knows? We might put that to use in a later madness episode <laughs> to tease to tease what might be coming in future installments. Now listen, that'd be great. I'd love to do that. That'd be fantastic. Oh, that's... Uh, all right. What is uh, what is your final pick? My final, but this is this is so, this is tough. Or you can throw it a couple if you if you got a couple that you can't decide between. We can always go yeah. along. I shot my wad with that big one. Four. <laughs> this will be a good one to do it. All right, I'll, I'll talk about this. That the um, you talked a little bit about the mom that was um, you know, Macy's ain't got any. She's played by Thelma Ritter, um, who was in movies like All About Eve, and she was in Rear Window. Some really great movies. The supporting cast here is incredible. They have a lot of actors that are in some really big movies mm-hmm. that are just kind of not even like tertiary characters, like Porter Hall, who was in um, who was the psychiatrist. Yeah, you know where they got the uh, eyebrow. He was, <laughs> and in the same year, he was in Going My Way and Double in, Double Indemnity. Which are two huge, two of the biggest movies of the year. And it was like Double Indemnity is like one of the first film noirs ever made by Billy Wilder, and it was just like a really big, really big deal. Mm. Uh, Gene Lockhart had a great career. He's played the judge. He was also in Going My Way. Um, and William Frawley, who was in I Love Lucy. Yeah, you know he played you know uh, Ed, right? Uh, the guy Ed? who talks to the judge. Yeah. Uh, Fred Fred Mertz Fred, is Fred his character. Yeah, Fred. Yeah. Um, so it was just like all of these. You know, some of them you wouldn't know until you saw it like years later. But like you watch this and you're like, oh, like, there's some like, like just like small characters that's played by people that have great, really great careers, have a lot of pelts on their horses. Mm. So it's it was it was kind of really cool to see that. Yeah, I I was very surprised to see Fred Mertz pop up Um, i was like oh look at that Uh, because you know i i've i've made it very clear i'm not huge into old stuff i find it difficult to get into um 
just visually it's not as you know stimulating to me and um and the acting i sometimes find rough and old stuff but i love lucy is is a show that i really enjoy and i always did as a kid my mom used to watch it all the time and i'd watch it with her and i i really enjoyed it um so i was really happy to see him that was cool um and a great cast also all around the board yeah it's just yeah a lot of people they just kind of see you like oh i know that guy from somewhere i know that girl from somewhere Mm. it's very it's very cool yeah that's that's a good pick Good cast. All right. It's time for a little draft section. As always, the last pick is a draft within a draft. And I think this one could be fun. It's a little weird, a little wonky. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to draft legendary figures that we think we could win a trial defense for them being who they are. So the, the exact thing that uh, Chris Kringle is on trial for here, for being Santa Claus, we think we could prove to a jury that these characters or these people are who they say they are. Yeah. Um, so do you, I'll let you go first. Who is your first pick? Who do you think is the easiest legendary figure to prove to a jury that they are who they are? This is a little off brand. Cause when you, when you brought this to me, you, you kind of mentioned like the lineup of, santa claus three of those of those like yeah or hol- yeah. holiday lore you know characters you certainly uh, can I, go off the board that was just kind of I, a guide. I, yeah i plan to because okay, cool. the ocean is so vast and we've explored more space than we have ocean definitely so i'm gonna go with the kraken okay i think legend legendary folklore pirate lore sailor lore um, giant monster squid that swallows ships whole. I think being that the ocean is so vast and so deep that we know so little about it, that that would be the easiest for people to buy into. Mm. Yeah, I think you could probably convince people of that. Most people think yeah. it, it exists already. So yeah. Um, okay, cool. I like that pick off the board. I my first pick. I went with Jack Frost. Okay. And the reason I chose this is because I think I can get off on a technicality here. I just need a guy named Jack Frost. It's a very, you know, it's a, it's an inconspicuous name. It's not like Ooh. Santa Claus. It's not like Easter Bunny. You know, his name is Jack Frost. It's it's a normal first name and a normal last name. And if the, you know, if he's on trial for being Jack Frost, I can say, look, his name, his legal name is Jack Frost. What are we doing? What are we talking about? If I, if I, if I were the judge, I would have you disbarred for that nonsense. <laughs> I would that Your technicality Honor, that, objection. That, that would not that would not hold up in court to me. Tough judge. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that that is that is some technicality bullshit that would not be I would not allow it. Your Honor, I object. You're you're, <laughs> you're, you're trying him for being Jack Frost. His name is Jack Frost. What are we doing? But it's not the Jack Frost. Well, who is the Jack Frost? I turn it to you, good sir. One, the the person that brings the winter and brings all this chill this guy this guy is a marketing consultant from poughkeepsie like we don't need you know we're not we're not talking about this jack frost well you know what then i would do i would say your honor what day did jack frost get into town and and jack frost would answer and he'd be like i came on october 26th and i was like really what was the first day under 30 degrees recorded in the city this year october 26th i'd be like i rest my case he brought the chill his name is Jack Frost. Here we go. That's a that's a massive coincidence that uh, <laughs> that you better hope pans out. <laughs> yeah, no one checked that. Believe me, it's right. 
Um, no one look. Well, that's not, that's 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 something that you can just give a quick Google search on, and you, you get get uh, get that get torn apart. Uh, I'll I'll do something. Fa- I'll do some um, uh, close up magic, and and the yeah. jury will just be like, oh, okay, some David Blaine stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Jack Frost was my first pick. Um. Who was your second pick? Uh, I went with a character notoriously tricky and. I, I think it will be, you can't, and I, I feel like it's one of these things where you can't disprove their existence. And that is the Leprechaun. Okay. I like that pick. I thought about that too. Yeah. And I, I think that because they're, they're smaller and they're wily and they're clever, I think it's one of those things where you like, well, you can't prove that they don't exist. Because like, what do they really do too? I mean, like, you can say, well, well, I never saw the pot of gold. It's like, yeah, because they hit it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they 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 hit it from you and you can't find it. So I, I think out of all of all those guys, I think that would be the easiest one to at least have like a, a, a hung jury on. Sure. That's a good pick. Um yeah, and I'd be you know, your honor. Did you watch Monday Night Raw in two thousand eight? Hornswoggle's running <laughs> Hornswoggle's running around, man. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you ever go to a Notre Dame game? See leprechaun every I see leprechaun every Saturday run onto that field. That's true. Yeah. He does little like little kick things too, little jigs. Yeah, he yeah. kind of goes high stepping into that onto that field. It's great. <laughs> uh that's a good pick. That's a good pick. So my second pick, I went with Cupid. That was one of mine. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the premise, much like this movie, that there are some major coincidences that are working in my favor. That it's not just mm-hmm. a random, you know, Ted pulled off the street. Accuses Cupid. I'm, I'm going to say the major coincidence with this is he invented Tinder. I'm going to say that's my major coincidence. Inciting incident, if uh, you will. What does Cupid do? He shoots people in the butt and they fall in love. Now, I hope the CEO of Tinder is not shooting people in the butt. But, you know, some people are falling in love on that site. So I think I could argue he's doing what Cupid does. And so, you know, he's helping people fall in love. He's helping, you know, people meet people. This is Cupid, Your Honor. Prove that it isn't. I, I, I do have a question for you. Uh-oh. Why wouldn't why would why would he invent why would you say he invented Tinder and not OK Cupid? Because I didn't think of it. That's a better question. <laughs> that's, let's rewind. He invented OK Cupid. Because that's a much better uh very well done i mean it's in the name adam it's in the very name well, it's very well done um yeah. and and the ceo you know he wears diapers in the office like what are we talking about this is oh, Cuban. He's, in, he's, in, he's into that stuff <laughs> not sexually yeah. wearing diapers just he likes to wear diapers that's just his thing it's just you know he's just his thing all right okay <laughs> all right, listen, I'm, not, I'm not i don't judge i don't judge that stuff <laughs> uh all right uh how many picks do you want to go here I can I'm, probably do one more. Okay, uh, that's that sounds good. So, who's your last pick? This feels this this feels like a little bit of a cop out, and if and if you want me to do someone else, I will. Uh, I'm going Bigfoot. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm going. I'm going Bigfoot. I feel like there's enough evidence out there that you could um, fake it somehow. I don't. I don't personally believe in a big a Bigfoot. But I, I do think that there is uh there's enough bullshit science and there's enough like bullshit footage out there where you can like convince some people. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even talking like the finding Bigfoot folks. I'm talking like <laughs> normal, like you just like you pluck 12 people out of it, you know, and onto a jury. You can, you can use enough to, you know, to have people believe that some of the people that Bigfoot's real. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. 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 I think you could do that. I believe in you. I think you could do that. <laughs> Um, all right, so I have one pick left. So I'm going to talk about one person or one character I did not pick that ha- I was that was last on my list of everyone I could think of. Oh, this was the last one, so this is not my pick, but I just want to talk about it. Easter Bunny. Oh, that's I, impossible. I just don't know how I do it, you know, because unless it's unless I got a big bunny rabbit sitting, uh, you know, in the in the courtroom, I just don't know how I could possibly say someone is the Easter Bunny when they don't look like a bunny. I just don't think it's possible. Listen, I, as a former Easter Bunny. I will say that it's hard to do. I was I was a mall Easter bunny for one season. Okay, I'm glad there was an explanation coming because I was like, "What yes. are we talking about?" That's great. I was, That's fantastic. Yeah, I was a, I was a mall Easter bunny, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> Did you have to hop around? Did you hop? No, I walked. Oh, you got to hop, man! What are you doing? No, I no because like then the hat would have the, the head would have fallen off. Uh, no, it was, it was, it was like, um, you know, one of those things, it was a seasonal job that paid pretty well. And, um, uh, yeah, it was just like, I had these kids that would, that would come and sit on my knee and a lot of them would cry and it was hilarious. Uh, and then like, they also had like behind the eyes, there should, there should be a piece of like black felt or black material that prevents kids from seeing in. But the mask was such. But the face, the 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 mask was such a piece of shit that those things were not in the eyes. So kids were looking into the eyes, seeing my seeing my dumb (laughs) face, and like, and a lot of them were just like, "What is going on?" Oh my god! Uh, so yeah, it was that was that was quite an experience. Oh, that's quite an experience for me. Uh, so yeah, as and um, as yeah, so as a former Easter Bunny. I can attest that it would be impossible to prove its existence. That's amazing. Well, you just yeah. gave me a great idea um, for like a fantasy football punishment. Like loser has to be a mall Santa for a day. Oh. They, just have to, they have to hop well, around the mall and just be the Easter the bunny. A mall Easter bunny. Yeah. It's uh well, listen, man, you got to like, it's like a job. You need, you know, <laughs> you signed it, you get a W2 and everything. Like it's a, it's a legit thing. You can't just like, walk in and be like i need to be the easter bunny like you know it's a, there's a process involved no there's no process he just should no, like it's a process you like gotta... the loser just has to show up in a giant bunny costume it's not even it's not even fcc regulation oh, like you know? that. it's okay. just like so you just have to be a bunny you're a and... rogue bunny yeah yeah in the mall yeah you're just hopping around the mall dropping eggs you know everywhere you go and just like <laughs> dapping up children and just you know just being a Getting... bunny getting harassed by 13 year olds getting eggs thrown back at you you know yeah you yeah, make, yeah make sure they're not real eggs i like or, or they're at least they're hard-boiled so they don't explode oh that is uh that is a, that is a funny image to me um, <laughs> all right so my my third and final pick was sandman oh he was yeah okay and what does sandman do he puts you to sleep yeah so i would have my client just say the most boring stuff for as long as i can possibly get away with him talking and if i can just get one juror to nod off like in jury duty that lovable lady oh, in jury duty who nods easy. off 
Yeah. I got a case. I'm like, what did he, what did my client just do? He put her to sleep. Yeah. Sandman puts people to sleep. Bada bing, bada boom, case closed. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. That's not a bad one. I, I think you want to get a boring guy. And does he have like a bag of sand? Like, oh, like for ready? Sure. Like, but isn't that how it works, right? Like, he puts like sprinkles of sand on you and you fall asleep, right? Is that how it, yeah. like, it's like a, yeah. Okay. So yeah. as he's like telling like this boring story about like getting a shoe, getting new shoelaces, he kind of just like sprinkles something on like this woman's head and she like conks out. Yeah. yeah. The janitor's like pissed. He's like, son of a bitch. I have to clean <laughs> that sand up. It's like, come on, man. It's not cool. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, he's got the bag of sand. He's got like the long floppy hat that, you know, people in the forties wore with their ridiculous that's nightwear. Even, that's even before the forties. That's like, like Victorian England, like hats. Ebenezer like Scrooge. Doc, like the doc, just... Yeah, the, yeah, the, doc, <laughs> yeah, the, the the Scrooge hats and like those uh, those like those night coats or whatever they're called. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think that 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 would that would be good. Yeah. That'd be good. All right. Well, that was fun. I had a good time with that. Um, That's good. All right. Um, so before we uh, we head out, what do you think the legacy of this movie is? This is by far the oldest movie we've covered so far. So its legacy, That's I feel awesome. like, is pretty well established. established. But yeah. uh, what what do you think it is, and do you think it has any any room to grow in any way? I think it's kind of reached its apex. Hmm. Uh, that being said, I don't think it's declining. I think it's reached a point and it's kind of plateaued at at the top, where it's widely considered one of the best Christmas movies ever. It's a Christmas classic. People watch it every year. Uh, it's well adored. It's, it, it is a movie that endures every year. And I don't see that letting go. Cause it's one of those things where like, I'm going to show it to my kid when she's my kids, when they're older and hopefully they like, it and they show it to their kids and so on and so on. So it's just one of those things where I, I think it's, uh, it's a timeless movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, younger people probably are, are never going to like flock to it, but I think parents will, you know, so like you're going to show your kids and, and, and they'll probably develop some nostalgia for it that way. And then they'll yeah. pass it down. Yeah. It, it's a good, it's, it's not, it's, it's a good movie. It's, it's hmm. not a, uh, it's not just like, Oh, it's good because it's a Christmas movie. It's a good movie. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I interrupted your your point. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Um, yeah, no, no, it is a good movie. It's well acted. You know, the acting yeah. isn't bad, which I think sometimes older movies, the acting is kind of rough. But this one is not. It's a it's a heartwarming film. Yeah. And it's yeah, very, it's, it's a very nice movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's better. It's better than the Oscar winner from that year. Uh, I will I will say that. What was the Oscar that, winner that year? Gen- Gentleman's Agreement. Um, okay. It's a great Gregory Peck movie about he plays a reporter trying to uncover uh, anti-Semitism in different aspects of of high society, mm-hmm. and um, it's not. It sounds interesting. It sounds like it could be really interesting. It's not. Uh, There's some good performances in it, but it's not. It's not great. Interesting. Have you so guys I, already done that episode on BBC? Yeah, nice. I think in the second season we did it. So we're so that's that's been that's been talked about to death. Nobody's high on it. Nobody likes it. Mm. It's it's at the bottom of all of all of our lists. Um, oh wow! And yeah, I I think this this was a better better movie than that. Yeah, uh, this came out in forty seven. Is that right? 
Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to bet this is the only film I've seen from 1947, but uh, I have a feeling when we, the Rev Almanac gets to that point, this might uh, have a good <laughs> chance of winning for me. I think I've seen this and gentlemen's agreement. That might be, that might be it. Yeah. I'll have to double check, but that might be it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So before we head out, tell them what you're doing, where they can find you and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. So um, you can hear me talk about other movies on best picture cast and worst picture cast. Uh, best picture cast is a movie where we discuss all the Oscar winners, the one, the movies that won Best Picture, plus some special episodes thrown in. Um, actually, when you're listening to this, go to our feed and you can listen to us talk about A Muppet's Christmas Carol because that we're doing that Christmas movie this year. And at Worst Picture Cast, we talk about terrible movies that we love a lot. They're they're corny and campy and and they make no sense. But they're endearing in their own little way, and we love them. Um, you can you can follow us on X, at Best Picture Cast, Worst Picture Cast. You can locate us on Instagram at Best Picture Cast. Um, we have merch available for that. It's, we have links all over the place for that, um, or on Spring. And uh, also, I have my own little my own little merch store, Exit Twenty Eight Studios. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, I have a store on T Public. Uh, so yeah, you find that on Instagram, and it's uh, pop culture related shirts. Hopefully, you like something, you can buy something. Nice, yeah. Go check out those podcasts in the store. Um, pods are great. Just did a Cimarron episode. I was name dropped a couple yeah. times. That was fun. Yeah, that was that was yeah. It's it's listen. If uh, if you're listening to this on Christmas Eve, and you want to watch a movie that's terrible. You put on Cimarron because it's awful. And then you can listen to us uh, rip it apart for three hours. So <laughs> it's a good it's, time. Uh, that was, that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun to record. It's a lot of, that was a, that was a fun episode. So yeah, I mean, we, we got some, we got some stuff coming up. I think in February, we're going to have a Hurt Locker episode. which Ooh. is kind of our, it's kind of our anniversary episode. We usually do a war movie. So uh, this year's going to be Hurt Locker. Um, yeah, we got we got some we got some good stuff on the horizon. So yeah, keep keep uh, give us a follow, look out for us, and uh, yeah, we hope we hope you listen. Nice, I highly recommend it. Hopefully you do. Um, and also before you head out, make sure to follow us on Twitter or X, whatever your social media pronouns are, uh, <laughs> at uh, <laughs> at the Circuitverse and at Rev Almanac new podcast that you'll be able to hear uh soon when you listen to this i don't know when the exact date is but the first episode is recorded you'll hear it soon on the 2010 oscars so go do all that follow us on social media and check out on spotify well thanks for coming on man this was a blast no my pleasure man this was this was a lot of fun thank you you are welcome we will definitely do it again sometime definitely let's you, yeah, you let like me, the brackets right you had a good time with Love, the brackets I, Love the brackets. It was a lot of fun. Good, good, good. Very, good. very tough choices. Very, you know, at times very tough, but loved it. Glad to hear. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of the Streaming Circuit. Thank you for listening. And remember.